Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for checking out localjobnetwork.com radio, your place for experts in the world of employment and careers. Now, this particular podcast, Employment Notebook, is where we focus on some important topics that will relate to business and the workplace. Now, today we're talking about culture, but not necessarily what you think of when we often talk about culture on these shows. We're looking at when you go across cultures internationally, maybe you're doing business overseas, or maybe it is somebody within your own office. Now, to find out some details on how to figure this all out, make sure that we are acting appropriately. We have brought on a special guest today. Her name is Erin Meyer. She is a professor at the leading international business school in Europe, INSEAD. She's also the author of Culture Map. And again, she gives us some uh, great insight both in that book and hopefully today she will also give you some tips and strategies on how we can handle this idea of culture. Erin, how are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you. Well, the first question that pops up, we hear culture again, a lot of times we're talking about culture within, you know, an organization and having fun little days and that kind of thing. But we're looking at more of a a distinct angle here. When you're talking about this culture, sort of cross-culture idea, what are some of the key points that, that you think are important to mention off the top? So what I do in my book, The Culture Map, is teach a method for helping people to better understand what's going on and how to be effective when they're working with people in different countries or people who come from different parts of the world. And you know, today, in today's global economy, many of us are interacting with people from other countries. Mm-hmm. So you might be you know, negotiating a deal in China, or you might just be on a global team with someone from Sweden. Or, you know, it might be outside of your work life. You might find that your new son-in-law who just (laughs) moved here from Brazil is coming over for dinner. But in any of these cases, it's important to recognize that how trust is built is really different from one part of the world to another, that the most appropriate way to give negative feedback or criticism is different from one country to another. And also things like how we make decisions or what type of personal information we share with strangers. Those things vary a lot from one region to another region. Sure. So this, this is the type of thing I, I do in my book to help people understand how to decode those differences and work effectively across them. And we'll definitely get into some of those details in a little bit. Uh, I wanted to ask, though, Maybe sometimes people underestimate the uh, the potential impact of these miscommunications or if you misread something. What issues have you seen that, that could creep up or what kind of problems could it cause if one isn't aware of their surroundings and how things are different? Well, often these are just little things that have unintended ramifications. And just very simply, for example... In the U.S., we have a tendency to, at the end of a telephone call, to recap what we've decided in a written email Hmm. and then to send that email on to the person we've just spoken to. And in an American context where we're always striving for explicit, clear communication above all, that's seen as professional. But I had a, a client from India who said a little while ago, you know, Aaron, In my culture, if we have a discussion on the telephone 
and we make some decisions verbally, that would be enough for me. Mm-hmm. Then if you get off of the phone and you put everything we've decided into an email and send that to me, that would be a clear sign that you don't trust me. Mm. So those little things happen all the time when we're working across cultures. And if you're able to recognize those differences in behaviors, you can make some very slight adjustments and then you can gain that trust that you might otherwise accidentally erode. Well, I think that's a great example. And I've seen a couple articles where you've given some really detailed and interesting examples of where these cultural differences come into play. Now, if we're speaking in generalities, what are some ways that an individual can figure out maybe what someone's style is or how it might be different than our own? So what I what I do with my in the culture map is I present an eight method map for figuring out how your culture compares to the culture that you're working with. Right. So I look at, you know, how what's uh, how employees are motivated differently in different parts of the world or how we view uh, time differently in different countries. And then you can look at the different gaps and think about how that applies to your own business. And what's really important with that method is to understand that the way that your culture perceives another culture may be very different than the way a third culture perceives that culture. So let me give you an example of that. I worked a while ago with a, a British and French team and I asked the British group, what's it like to work with the French? And they said, oh, well, Aaron, you know the French. They're, they're very disorganized. <laughs> they're always chaotic. They're late. They're always changing the topic in the middle of the meeting. A little bit later, I worked with a group from India who had joined the same team. And I asked the Indians, what's it like to work with the French? And they said, well, Aaron, you know the French. They're really rigid. They're overly strict about timeliness so that they're not able to adapt to what's going on around them. So that's what I call cultural relativity. And that's the type of thing that you can tease out by looking at this culture map, understanding how different cultures perceive one another, which might be really important if you're working in a global organization or leading a global team. That's fascinating to me. I mean, just that, as you said, those perspectives, how they're completely different, even though they're coming into the same uh, sort of area. Another thing that I had seen, um, the idea of, I don't want to say buzzwords, but certain phrases or, or words that might tip you off to a more direct or indirect style. Could you give uh, the listeners a little peek into kind of how that all works? Yeah. So I think that one of the most dangerous elements when you're communicating across cultures is that what's considered very constructive and polite and appropriate way to give negative feedback in one culture may be seen as totally inappropriate or confusing Hmm. in another culture. So for example, in the US, we tend to give positive feedback very explicitly and we make our positive feedback very strong. So we often say, wow, fantastic work or that was absolutely terrific. I've been living in France now for the last 15 years. And in French culture, people give positive feedback more implicitly Hmm. and they give negative feedback more directly. So then what happens, I work with a French woman who had just moved to the US and her American boss called her into his office to tell her that her performance needed to change, that it wasn't satisfactory. But he started by telling her all of these things that he did appreciate about her work before getting down to the meat. And for her, you know, she left that meeting thinking, wow, that's the best feedback (laughs) I've ever received from my boss. Whereas he thought he had really chewed her out. 
Wow. So those types of things can be really complicated if you're if you're not aware of them. And the more that you're aware, the more you can adapt both how you speak, but also how you understand the messages being passed. Oh, that always raises an interesting point or question that people bring up. Let's say I am a you know, obviously I'm American and I'm a manager. I go over to a different country who might be, you know, maybe they do take the feedback differently or they give the feedback differently. Is there a proper way to handle that transition? Should I be changing as I'm going into their culture? Should should we have a discussion about it? I mean, how do you how do you sort of nip that in the bud before it even happens? Well, if you're working in a culture that's less direct than yours, then you definitely should focus on adapting to that culture. Okay. So, I mean, one thing, just to give you an example of this. So in the U.S., we are much more direct with negative feedback than most Asian cultures are. Hmm. And it's very common in many Asian cultures, in Thailand, in Indonesia, that people will give you negative feedback between the lines. So they may, for example... Well, let me give you an example. I was giving a conference in uh, Indonesia a couple of years ago, and I asked, or the conference organizer asked me to send her two photos and a video so that she could promote the conference. I, I did, and I called her the next day to see if she'd received what she needed. And she said to me, well, thank you, Erin. The photos were excellent. <laughs> and, you know, I, I know enough about this um, this indirect style of giving negative feedback to recognize that the real message is the message that was not spoken. Right. So then I can say, well, then I said, well, what about the video? Would you like, no, I didn't say what about the video. I said, would you like me to send you some other video options? And she said, oh, that would be great. Thank you. <laughs> so, so there we can have that entire conversation without her ever saying the video was not what I was looking for. Right. And it's really, it's really appropriate if you're, uh, if you're working in a more indirect culture to work on saving the harmony in the relationship by both trying to pick up those subtle messages and also being softer in the way you give criticism yourself. Right. Now, does it ever make sense to say you're, you have a new team or you maybe have a couple individuals who are coming from a different country or different culture altogether? Does it make sense to sit down and, and discuss what potential issues there might be? Do you just play it kind of by ear? How, how, how do you think that would, that would work or would that work at all? Well, when you're leading a global team and you have people from all over the world who are working together, the more you can talk about these cultural differences, the better. Mm -hmm. And I think often people are worried or afraid to bring up cultural differences because they don't want to sound like they're stereotyping sure. or putting individuals in boxes. But one way to do this is just to take an article that you've read or take, you know, something, what, take a chapter from my book, take something <laughs> that you've seen that shows some of these differences and have some people, have the people on the team read about one of the differences. And then have a discussion, you know, uh, sharing something about their own culture and then talking about as a group how they want to operate. And the more that you can have those open discussions, the more, the more this becomes something that we can all adapt to. We are all flexible. The problem is that when we're working internationally, often we don't understand what we're supposed to be flexing towards. And that's what makes things so difficult. Another interesting aspect I had seen um, you had mentioning was sort of the idea of what someone says and what they mean by it and what maybe another culture understands from it. 
what are some steps to take if that, you know, if that miscommunication happens or somebody misreads it? Uh, obviously, you, you don't want any serious implications. So what, are, what would you say are sort of the steps to, I don't want to say backtrack, because that's not what you want to do, but to get that out there or to correct an issue or to, to bring it up? Is there an appropriate way to have that discussion after someone is possibly offended or, or just completely you know, confused by it? So I think maybe the example that you're thinking about is linked to, I, I have this, uh, this British Dutch translation guide right. that perhaps you saw. Mm-hmm. And for example, one of the things that's on that guide looks at the British who might say something like, I suggest that you think about doing this differently. I had a, a Dutch person in my, uh, who, who had a boss who said that to him. I suggest you might think about doing this differently. And, you know, he read that very literally. He said, you know, I took my boss's suggestion. I thought about it. Right. And I decided not to do it. <laughs> and then he was really surprised when his boss called him into his office for insubordination. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, so those differences in words, I mean, whenever you, you realize that these things are, are impacting you, the best thing to do is just bring it up in a really humble way okay. to explain the mistake that you've made. You know, I think being curious and humble and trying to put yourself in the other person's shoes, the more you do those things, the better. And the more that we can all kind of laugh about these cultural differences, the better off that we'll be. Uh, there's no magic recipe for this, but a lot of what happens when we're working internationally, people don't even recognize is linked to cultural differences. Mm. So just bringing them up, getting people talking about them makes all the difference. And that's really my goal with the culture map is to start a dialogue and to get people thinking in a really humble way about how their own behavior may be uh, perceived or misperceived by the people they're working with so they can start a discussion and also develop their flexibility. Now, obviously, you've spent, I mean, tons of time in research and just obviously in all of your experiences and decoding this, as, as I've seen it put. And I was just curious, how much is looked into as far as subcultures? And I, I'm saying that, and my example I have is I seen where you had mentioned, um, you know, the Chinese manager learns never to criticize a colleague openly or in front of others. And when I read that, just my experience as a coach in athletics here in the U.S., I, I feel that exact same way, that you shouldn't be calling people out on the table like that. But it happens you know, in the American culture, in a meeting, per se. How much of subculture is, needs to be distinguished or how much has that been researched? Or is that, just, is that taking it to a level that would just be too difficult to really differentiate between groups? So the culture map that I work with, I apply it at an international level, but it can be applied at all sorts of levels. Okay. I and mean, you can look at regional differences across the United States. Right. You could look at um, just individual preferences on a monocultural team. And I think all of those things are relevant. And I don't want to discourage people from looking at those elements. But that being said, I think that those differences have been around in our work environment for a long time. Mm-hmm. But with this global economy, which is you know coming so fast and hard at so many businesses, we need to now shift our attention from thinking so much about what happens, let's say, locally within our own country to start thinking more and more about these differences internationally, which is what I'm trying to do with, with this book. Right. 
Speaking of the book, again, The Culture Map, for those that are interested, and uh, hopefully if you've been listening, it does intrigue you to find out more and get some more details. Are there any other points that we haven't really touched on that you wanted to bring up that you thought were important to mention um, from the book and and areas that you thought were, um, again, prevalent to what we're discussing? Well, I think I will bring up one other since you were talking about subculture. I had a situation just a couple of weeks ago when I was in New York and I was working with a team there and on the team, there were five Americans and then there was one Malaysian. Hmm. The Malaysian was living in New York, had lived there for a couple of years. And in their team meetings, the Americans were talking a lot and the Malaysian was speaking almost not at all. And when I spoke to the Americans about this, they said, oh yeah, he's really shy. No, he doesn't have a lot to contribute. Hmm. And when I spoke to the Malaysian, he said, you know, it's incredible being on a team with Americans because they're constantly interrupting each other. (laughs) They speak without preparing what they're going to say. And it makes it very difficult to find a spot to get your, uh, your words in edgewise. And I think that's the type of thing that, you know, even in the U.S., where you're working with people who are simply living there. Cultural differences may be having a big impact on your ability to get balanced participation or get the information that you need for people who, from people who come from other cultures. So I just would end by saying that all of us can focus on developing our skills to be more effective in this very complex multicultural you know, world that we're living in, even when that's very simple little adjustments, like in that case, perhaps just being quiet. You know, Aaron, I, I seriously could talk about this stuff and uh, and and learn about it all day. I, I think it's uh, as I've said a few times, it's very fascinating. I appreciate the the research and the insight you've been able to give us today, and also, of course, with the book. Again, for anyone who is interested, go check out the Culture Map. And again, that is uh, authored by our guest today. Her name is Erin Meyer. She's also a professor at the leading international business school in Europe. That is INSEAD. Aaron, again, thanks for coming on, sharing all your thoughts, your experience. Uh, Where can people find the book? What's the best way for them to find it? Well, it's available, I guess, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, all all the usual places. All right, great. Aaron, thanks again for joining us today. Thank you very much. And as always, if you're interested in giving us your feedback, positive or negative, go ahead and send an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Maybe you have a suggestion for a future topic you'd like us to discuss on the show. For everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Yuma. Take care, everybody. 